time again for another crossover. I'm going to tell Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons why Calvin Ridley's going to have a big day. Ah, I'm not going to do it before I do this, though. You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To another episode of Locked On Jaguars and Locked On Falcons. Both are your team every day, and we both thank you for making us your first listen. This crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Now, we are your team every day. We always thank you for making us your first listen and reminding you that we're also free to subscribe to on our YouTube pages. Make sure you tap into both YouTube pages and hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe and then hit the bell so that you receive all notifications of us dropping an episode. And then wherever you get your podcast audio-wise, just make sure you tap in every day so you don't miss an episode. And shout out to the everydayers of both Locked on Jaguars and Locked on Falcons. I'm Tony Wiggins, and that's my man, Aaron Freeman. What's going on, brother? It's going all right, man. I was glad to be talking with you, man. It's been it's been a minute since we uh, did one of these crosses. Yeah, it's, it's been uh, – now, did I get your at right? I, I made this up. You see your at down there. Is that right? Yeah, but uh, technically, I don't know if my at is right because I just no, got no, no. suspended from Twitter today. No, so. no, I'm being – you know, you didn't have to share that. You know, I'm just kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of being funny. I wanted to make you laugh and then have everybody wondering why you're laughing. My man got – the first thing I did when we queued this up, I said, what the hell you do to get kicked off? Aaron's like the nicest dude I know, right? What you, what you doing getting kicked off? It was, it, was, it was just something that was really, really innocent where he was taking up for Meg Stallion against the dude that's locked up mm-hmm. for uh, – he got convicted. I'm not going to have to say allegedly. He got convicted for shooting in the foot. Yeah. And he just had something to say, and and they got him. So he's <laughs> like – I just don't know, man. They suspended like the nicest dude I know. So <laughs> it's just crazy. I'm just wondering when they come in for me with all of that evil stuff that comes out of my mouth or off of my fingertip <laughs> on social media. But here's what we're going to do. This is Crossover Thursday. We are going to lay down the law. First segment, biggest storylines for both teams. Second segment, biggest matchups. And then the third segment, we're going to split it up. What leads to a win for both teams and then we're going to make a prediction. I'll even give a score. Aaron doesn't have to. All right, man. So it's on you to tell me. I was going to say what's happening in Atlanta, but guess what? No, what's happening in London and what's going to happen in London? And what are the biggest storylines for your Falcons? Yeah, I mean, for the Falcons, it's they got punched in the face last week. That's what Drake London said after the game. Uh, the Lions kind of took it to them. They shut down their run game. They were the first team in 17 games in a row where the Falcons had rushed over 100 yards rushing and the Lions were the first team to shut that down and the Falcons really didn't have an answer. The Lions basically forced them to play left-handed, which was throwing the football 45 times um, in that game and dropping back to pass 45 times. Unfortunately, all of those weren't pass attempts because seven of those pass attempts were sacks and the Falcons uh, could not protect Desmond Ritter uh, and basically after getting punched in the face, 
you know, after getting knocked down, can the Falcons get back up again and and sort of reestablish their identity as that foot, uh, physical football team? And that's what they're going to try to do across the pond in London this week. That sounds good. I have to, before I get to my stuff, ask you something, though, because we cannot escape the Aiden Hutchinson versus Trayvon Walker um, comparisons. When I saw that he had a day and then I heard that what you just said, I didn't realize that, that the Falcons, and I'm not trying to discredit Aiden, but they gave up seven sacks. It wasn't just him. It was everybody having a party in the backfield, right? That shocks me because of all of the capital, whether it be free agency or retention or draft capital, the Falcons have used on their offensive line. So did that surprise you as well? Yeah, that's been the, the biggest disappointment of the season. I've been talking about that the last couple of days on Lockdown Falcons, that the Falcons offensive line, which was considered the strength of the team last year and a big reason why the team was able to you know, have one of the league's best uh, rushing attacks um you know the run game except for last week has been pretty good it seems like that's been on track but the pass protection has taken a major step back um and it just seems like they can't hold up at all and and until they figure that out i think it's going to be tough sledding for this falcons offense to kind of get their passing game going in the ways that they want to with desmond ritter and, and some of the weapons that they have that and, and if you can't protect the quarterback then you know doesn't really matter who you got and and if that quarterback is good or not, you can't really evaluate him if he's under siege every single snap. Well, I got news for Falcon fans. The Jaguars have struggled rushing the passer. Okay. So this is the second team in a row that have come in and the Jaguars are playing them after they struggle blocking people to protect their quarterback. CJ Stroud came in here all rookied up, right? Looking, smelling like Similac, you know, and all of that stuff, just smelling like a little baby, right? Mm-hmm. Powder on his chest. Had it got sacked 11 times in the first two weeks. Guess how many times the Jaguars got to him last week with three first-round picks as edge rushers? Nada. They didn't touch him. In fact, the kid could have baked cookies and done his own taxes. He was back there so long. So for the Jaguars, our our thing is find a pass rush. The defense had played well up to that point. In fact, the first two games, the defense was the thing that was going on. So where do I start? I'm starting with there, but that's not where I'm going to end. And the offense has to crank it up and be more consistent. You know who leads the league and drops? The Jacksonville Jaguars. You know who have been the, the biggest culprit of that? Calvin Ridley. And guess what? He's about to play his old team. So if there was pressure on him to perform before, and really we all know how talented he is. We just think he's pushing and pressing because, one, he got to get to the bag, right? He's missed a couple of years. He's got to come back and prove himself. We still have faith. But if you can't catch the ball – you can't prove anything to anybody. So the biggest things for Jacksonville is they have to find some offensive consistency. They're one and two. People were talking Super Bowl. I was one of them. I had them going 14 and three. So they need to go 14 and one to make me look good. Uh, but I, I'll look bad as long as they go to the playoffs. I don't care about looking, looking, sounding smart and all of that stuff. But I'm telling you, man, there's been, you're talking about letting air out of the balloon, the enthusiasm that we don't get around here very often because the team hasn't been very good, you know, other than three or four years of its entire lifetime here in Jacksonville. Well, that was burst. And and there was no more enthusiasm. Well, let me take that back. When they hired Urban Meyer, there was a whole bunch of enthusiasm. <laughs> that lasted three weeks when people got wind of what was going on in that building, right? Because you still had people thinking it was going to work because it was him. And maybe this was just a shot in the arm. Oh, no. It was, it was King Joffrey level, like, terrible. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, just coming off of that and then to go to the playoffs the next year, 
because of that debacle, it was at an all-time high with enthusiasm because we went to the playoffs, got a coach who had won them in the playoffs, got a golden boy quarterback who played well, had 25 touchdowns, eight picks. It seemed like everything was coming together. They ran it back too, man. They didn't go out in free agency. They just kind of retained everybody except one or two guys, right? And then they had the most draft picks out of anybody. And then before we get ready to go to segment two, I'm going to tell you, they have been, I would say, the most disappointing. And I thought about the Bengals, but then I, I go back and I'm thinking, no, at least the Bengals won the other day. And you know they're going to get it together when they're quarterback. Well, nobody's hurt for Jacksonville. And we don't have the issue. And I'm I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. There were people all week just sitting around looking at each other, trying to figure out what's going on, and nobody, nobody has the answers. We're gonna see in segment two if we can give you a little bit of glimpse or a little bit of a glimpse of what the answers could be. And we're gonna talk about the biggest matchups. One of them, I'm gonna tell you what mine is gonna be already. It's gonna be the Falcons offensive line is beleaguered. As they were last week, we're going to see if the Falcons offensive line can play better against the Jaguars defensive line, which needs to play better. Aaron and I will discuss that in just a second as we get to segment two on a crossover edition of Locked On NFL. Well, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can tell I'm a proud member of the Bald Brotherhood. <laughs> Both Tony and I are, are proud members of Beard Gang as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, shaving is very important to the both of us. Uh, Tony, you know, makes his living cutting hair, so he he's he's very close to uh, you know, this stuff, and that's why our our episode is brought to you by Harry's. And no matter how you shave and why you shave, Harry's has you covered for the best shave of your life at the price that you're gonna love. From their legendary high quality razors to skin products like exfoliating face wash and hydrating lotion, Harry gives you a premium shave without the premium price tag. And Harry's is going to deliver that right to your door. The starter set includes five German engineered razors with sleek ergonomic weighted handle and a foaming shave gel, travel cover, and they have creams, washes, lotions that will keep your skin healthy and hydrated. Get your best shave of ever this season with Harry's razors and skin products. Get a $13 starter set. For just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com slash NFL for that $3 starter set. Guten Tag. Guten Amit. Since Freeman wants to show off his uh, accent, his German accent, I'll tell you what the first thing it was I learned in Germany in 1990 when I lived there for three years. Das Bier ist nicht kalt genug. That means this beer is not cold enough because they wanted to serve a brother room temperature beer. So I can show off to Aaron Freeman doing these German accents on here, man. <laughs> you do German accents. You keep getting kicked off social media. Come on, man. You can't be, you can't be flexing on me on here. No. Seriously, though, man, biggest matchups. Um, you're the guest of honor, man. We're going to let you go first. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Calvin Ridley, and that's kind of the thing, right? It's like the – not really a homecoming, but like, you know, just Calvin Ridley against his former team sort of things kind of got derailed for him last time he was in Atlanta when they went to London with the Jets. He, he didn't travel due to, you know, some personal issues that he was going through uh, at that time and sort of had to sit out that season and then got suspended next year. And obviously, you know, Jaguars fans and Falcon fans know the rest of the history. And so what is it going to be, you know, going up against his former team? You're talking about him pressing, uh, but, you know, 
we all know, as you said, Tony, he's a very talented receiver. And how do the Falcons match up with him? Um, AJ Terrell, very good cornerback for the Falcons. Jeff Akuda is slowly working himself back. Got his first action of the season against the Lions last week on limited sample. Does he get the full workload or do the Falcons still continue to slowly ramp him up after he missed most of the summer with a foot injury? Uh, and, you know, I think both of these guys are theoretically good matchups for Calvin Ridley. Like the, the way you want to play Calvin Ridley is you, you mm-hmm. kind of want to knock him around. Right. And, and and sort of get physical with him. But he's so hard to get lay a hand on him because he's such a great route runner and separator. So that's going to be the challenge. But like the Falcons have the corners to do that. Right. To get physical with him. But if if Ridley's, you know, doing his thing, that that's that's going to be a challenge for the Falcons. And so that to me is one of the key matches I'll be looking at. All right. Before we get to to mine real quick, I, I once again, because I'm nosy, I got questions for you. One, Calais Campbell came came here to pay a visit to us, at, and we all thought he was coming back. He left, came to Atlanta, and Fontenot and the gang they signed him. How's he doing? Is he playing well? Has he has he looked like? Because we want to we I I, I want to tell the fans, see, we missed you know we dodged the bullet, but I got a feeling Calais is doing what Calais does. Well, he hasn't he hasn't really done a whole lot these last couple of weeks. Like I'm watching. The Jaguars game against the, the Chiefs two weeks ago, and I'm watching Chris Jones coming oh, yeah. off the edge, yeah. and I'm like, on paper, Calais Campbell can do similar things, right? But like, mm-hmm. obviously, he's not on the level that Chris Jones is. You know, arguably, what top three pass rusher in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I don't know if Calais is gonna, you know, he, he just maybe this is the game. Maybe this is the game he needs playing his old team. You know, get nostalgic at Saxonville day, and maybe he goes off uh, and and sort of channels a little bit of Chris Jones this week. I don't know. Last question before we get to my matchups, my biggest matchup. What's going on with Kyle Pitts, man? I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm a Florida State supporter, right? So I wasn't hating. I had to say this just for housekeeping. When he was at Florida and he was having, he was going off on somebody, catching the ball all over the place. Somebody said he's one of the five best tight ends in the world, regardless of levels. And I said nonsense kind of like king joffrey told that dude you know like i do got enough money to buy your daughter right like nonsense right and i argue with the dude for two or three days about it on on twitter turns out i'm probably right right but i still think he's not even doing in the pros what i thought he would do so can you give us a little information on why kyle pitts hasn't shown up to be the dude that they drafted him to be yeah i mean the falcons offense isn't really built to air it out it's not really built to feature one guy you know, like when when they get a favorable matchup like a couple of years ago when Kyle Pitts was putting up monster numbers as a rookie it was mostly because teams were like hey we're gonna man up the Falcons receivers and the Falcons are like okay we'll just throw go balls to the Kyle Pitts and like a lot of teams since then were like okay we <laughs> we're not gonna do that you know um and so with that being said like Kyle Pitts is still a big factor in the Falcons offense but like he's not going to this offense isn't really suited to him, you know, getting 10, 12 targets every single week. He's going to get three to five targets. Hopefully, you know, he'll get a couple of deep shots. And when the Falcons hit those deep shots, he looks great when they don't hit the deep shots, which they didn't do last year with Marcus Mariota. And they hit one to Pitts in week one against the Panthers late in the game. Then they mm-hmm. dialed up one early against the Lions, missed it and after that, it was just like a couple of chain moving 
plays early in the game and then pretty quiet after that. All right, so for the Jaguars, I normally would say because of what I've seen from Bijan, and of course, if Cordell Patterson was still, you know, healthy with the role that he had a couple of years ago, I would be like, you got to stop the run. You got to stop the run because Desmond Ritter doesn't scare anybody, right? And I haven't given up on him, but I just, at this point in his career, Ritter doesn't scare. He scares me more with his legs and extending plays uh, than anything. So I I really do believe if you're depending on running backs to kill the Jacksonville Jaguars, then you're going to go home without nothing to eat because that ain't going to happen. They they play that part of the game really, really well. So the part for me is they still have to get to the passer because even though I just said what I said about Desmond Ritter, he is an NFL quarterback. And if you give an NFL quarterback time with those tall receivers, Aaron Freeman, you or I could come open if nobody presses him and he's going to have an outlet for the ball. Then something else happens. Now, if you extend the play for a long time and it's a sort of a scramble route, you get tired. Somebody like B. John Robinson catches the ball and it's a one-on-one situation. He's hard to tackle. He's really hard to tackle, though, when you're not in a familiar place because it was a little bit of a scramble route. And now he kind of got you in punt return territory. That's the thing that scares me that. And then the jump balls because they have a basketball team. When you look at both of their receivers as well as uh, their tight end, it concerns me a little bit. Johnu concerns me. Anytime they played the Titans, Johnu does play for you guys, right? I, Cause I get names wrong, yeah. but anytime they played the Titans, I remember that little dude coming out there on those little waggles and those little routes and catching the ball. And he runs like a big running back. So for me, it all comes down to beating the offensive line of the Falcons, which if you asked me at the beginning of the season, I would have told you that that was the hardest team, one of the hardest teams that they would have to face from an offensive line standpoint, them and probably San Francisco that's on their schedule because of Trent Williams. Because that's how much respect I have for the guys that are I, – that's one of the few teams I don't cover where I could literally name every guy on the line because they retain guys in free agency, McGarry, Linda Baum. And then they went out. They they have been fortifying that for a number of years now. That's my biggest concern. The Jaguars actually have to show a damn pass rush and show that they have a pulse to be able to get the other team off the field on third down. So what we're going to do here in segment three, we're going to tie all of this together. Eventually, going to give you our predictions for the game. But what actually leads to a win? And I know we just gave you those matchups, but sometimes it's something else. I think the Jaguars special teams, because they gave up a block field goal and a block return last year, the Jaguars special teams. Well, I got a little message to them, and hopefully they um hopefully they're already feeling that way. We got a message for the Falcons too with what they're gonna do to them. I'll tell y'all about that in just a second here. As we continue locked on Jaguars and locked on Falcons crossover style. I'm going to get to our sponsor for today. That sponsors our crossovers, and that is Prize Picks. They they sponsor every single one of them. So we want to give them the love that they deserve and give you the love that you deserve by giving you a chance to win some money because Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the ver- the easiest one, the, definitely the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks that are there just to get blood out of the water, you pick more or less than you pick more than or less than on two to six players stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Now I can attest to this myself. I cashed out three times in 24 hours and the money was in the bank. The third time the money was in the bank within like minutes. Before I even tell my wife, 
it was there she knew it was already there which means i haven't seen one lick of it right so go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl now that's lowercase and use the code lowercase all together locked on nfl for a first deposit match of up to 100 dollars. that's gonna say it again go to prize big prizepicks.com forward slash locked on nfl lowercase and use lowercase locked on nfl for a deposit a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. have fun and make you some money on prize picks I may be running it down here. Third and final segment, my bad, Aaron. I, I, I know you're supposed to say that, but I'm I'm so used to talking. I just said it anyway. Don't hey, worry man, about do, it. Do you, man. No, That's right. That's right. You got to shut me up, man. He's like my wife. My wife said he's just going and he don't stop. So, you know. Um, <laughs> this is why I love doing crossovers with you, Tony. I know it, man. She probably heard me say something about me not getting that money back, too. So I'm, I'm looking at her to come around that corner in any minute. If you see me do like this, that means I'm in trouble, right? So, yeah. So let's go with um, – I'll go first because I'm going to let you have the last word since, you know, you're the guest. What leads to a win? Jamal Agnew make up for fumbling three times in the last four games and return a punt or a kickoff or a touchdown. We need one play. They have been trying so hard in Jacksonville to make a play that they're pressing. I really want to believe that's what it is because that's the last thing I got before I just say they ain't as good as I thought they were, right? And Trent Barkley screwed up the last two drafts and free agency. The last thing I got is guys are just pressing. That's it. I ain't got because after this, I have no more excuses. So the way you do that and the thing that can change the game instantaneously is the same thing that changed it in a negative way last week. And that's what's given up. They gave up a 79 yard touchdown Freeman to a dude that's built like me and you together. He's 275, 70 pound four, but he was like five, nine, right? Dude looked like Reggie Bush. Taking the punt, taking his kickoff. It was a kickoff. There were four guys around him, and he just kind of looked at him, and they. He was, he was like, it's like meet me. He's just like, all right, all right, man, I'm going that way. And he he scored a touchdown, and we're sitting there like they had took the lead. It was seventeen nothing. They crawled back into it. The fans were going crazy. And here's Lou Gehrig or whatever, Babe Ruth running down the sideline with a touchdown in the wrong sport. I'm like, I knew they were going to lose at that point. So now I'm telling you. They got to have a play just like that to win. And it's all on Jamal Agnew because I'm a little bit mad at him. I like him a lot, but he's fumbled. He doesn't touch the ball a lot on offense, maybe twice a game. He's fumbled three times in the last three games. Well, three of the four games, the last four. In the playoffs, on the four-yard line as they were going in to score, and twice the last couple of weeks, and I'm about tired of it, okay? Um, I'm going to give him a chance to make a play and change the game around. I'm going to say uh, special teams play is what breaks this game open, but it does it in a positive way for Jacksonville. Okay. I think that's, that's, I think that makes sense to me because like I, I look at this game and I'm like, I'm watching these last couple of games with the Jaguars and I'm like, this, this team feels snake bitten, you know, bad turnovers, special teams, you know, you talk about that. How, how, how did they score that on that kickoff return? I, I have no idea. And so, you know, I think for, the Falcons just play clean. Don't don't give the Jaguars anything they need to to sort of jumpstart, um, you know, and get their mojo back. I guess is what you say. And you know, both of these teams have started slow the last couple of weeks. Like Jacksonville hasn't scored what a first half touchdown since week one, mm-hmm. right? Falcons haven't started slow. They're they're killing teams in the fourth quarter until until last week, but they're really not doing anything in the first three quarters. So pretty much like the key for the Falcons to win this game is um, probably goes for both teams 
if you score in the first quarter, like I, I, you might, you're, you know, I don't know if they're going to come back and, you know, there's going to be two quarters where ain't nobody scoring. So if anybody gets off to a fast start in this game and it would be nice for the Falcons to get off to a fast start for the first time this year, um, you know, I think that's going to be the key for either one of these teams, but especially Atlanta. Coming into this, I, I assumed that the Falcons were kind of where the Jaguars were last year, like a year away from making a bunch of noise. But watching them over the first two weeks, no, nah, they they wanted to, you know who they remind me of, and and I know this is this is easy, this is like low hanging fruit. They remind me of the Titans, and I know Arthur Smith came from there. They remind me more of the Titans. The GM Fontenot came from New Orleans. They remind me of way more than Tennessee with the defense, the offensive line that was supposed to be. The, the investment in the running backs, the tight end position, having big receivers that aren't dudes that are just going to go on, on long route, but they're just going to out-physical you in and nasty you in. And having a quarterback that isn't a great passer, but he's gritty, and he's a gamer. And that that, that like guys like that are Tannehill and Cordell Stewart. Remember, he, he was like that. You know, it's like you can nitpick and point at all the things that's wrong with him, but what you can't ever say is he ain't got no heart, Right. Bortles was like that. Blake, when we had. So, you know, teams like that scare me. The Jaguars are familiar with playing overseas. I know the Falcons have been over there before, too. Uh, I don't know how much that's going to help them because even though the logo is familiar, it ain't a bunch of the same players, you know. it's So, um, I hope you're right. So, let me give you a score prediction here. I'm going to give you one of those European scores because it seems like every time they get over there, somebody misses an extra point or goes for two when they're not supposed to. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to 22-19 mm. Jacksonville, and I don't know who the Falcons kicker is, but I think Brandon McManus could make it from 50. I'd say 19-19 is the score, and then Brandon McManus kicks a walk-off field goal and wins the game for Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, oh, you can leave it right there. You said, yeah, that's it. You don't <laughs> say nothing else. I know Falcons fans might get pissed off, but Jacksonville fans definitely ain't going. You can just leave it right there if you want to. Well, the Falcons kicker is Young Way Koo. Uh, he's generally pretty good, but he he did miss. He's missed a couple of kicks this year, so uh, we'll see about that. I I think this is going to be a game. Like I've been sounds like I'm just repeating myself every single week on these crossovers. Like <laughs> it's going to be a close game. It's going to be the fourth quarter. It's going to be a one score game, and then in the final five minutes, someone's going to have to make a play. And that team's going to win the game. That's that's basically it. Um, and the first two weeks, the Falcons were that team. Last week, you know, it was Detroit that was the team. And we'll see this week. For me, like, I want to. I, I think Jacksonville is is very beatable based off how they played this year. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like you, Tony. I'm like this team is better than what they've shown this year. So, you know, and the Falcons are notorious for being the get right team. Right. The, the Lions had one sack. In the first two weeks, and they got seven. See what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like so, why? Why against us? What? Yeah. Right. So it's hard for me to you know, like. I can see the Falcons being three and one, but it's hard for me to. It's harder for me to see the Jaguars being one and three. And so I, I think the Jaguars, and, and because I think Trevor Lawrence can do some Trevor Lawrence things, I think they'll probably be the team in the in the fourth quarter that makes the play, and um, we'll see. So I, I got the Jaguars winning this one, like. 24-20. See, first time in a crossover history that somebody was just straight up honest. 
you know y'all gonna get a whooping. So you know it's, it's what you it's the first time in history that two evenly matched. Now I know if the Chiefs gonna play the Texans, the John Hickman and, and Cody Davis, they ain't gonna stand tall from locked on Texas. They'll be like, Yeah, we're gonna play hard, we're gonna be a hard fight game, but we're gonna lose 27 to 26 or something. You just flat out said it. That's why you went, yeah, when I said what I said, because it sounds like a blueprint to beat y'all, doesn't it? And even I even brought up the kicker, and you told me the dude ain't all that. So, yeah, I think it's set up pretty good, and I think we can look back on this. Um, we could retrospectively look back on this Sunday night. This might be my Monday show, in fact. I might ask Ross if I could do that, Ross Jackson. Shout out to Ross Jackson, Locked On Saints. I might ask Ross, can I do that? Can I just play back the the the, the play that when we were omniscient and we picked the Jaguars to win uh, by the same result? No, but seriously, man, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a fun game. I think both teams Jag- – the Jaguars need to win more. And I think at this point the Falcons are playing with house money because nobody really expect- – they won't see this this way, but nobody expected them to be – as competent as they have. I wouldn't feel so bad about the Detroit win because Detroit did that to Jacksonville last year. They smoked us. And then they lost to the Bears. By They got smoked by the Bears. And that game would have got them into the playoffs in week 17. So, no, man, I you know, I have to see how much of last week was an anomaly for Jacksonville and if they could get back to being them true selves. One of the things I've been saying all week is you got to know what you look like. You got to know what your face looks like without standing in front of the mirror. And – Anybody can talk about being good, but to actually go do it is, is a whole nother thing. Well, we try to be good here on Locked On Falcons and Locked On Jaguars. Make sure you tap in. Also tap in the Locked On NFL. Great. The biggest stories from around the league, from around the total NFL. You can find it there every single day with great hosts from around the Locked On NFL family. And until this game Sunday, Aaron Freeman and Tony Wiggins are telling you to take care of each other. And we'll see you next time here on both Locked On Falcons as well as Locked On Jaguars.